episode 33 of Strange Bow Radio. I'm your host, Tobe Johnson. Today's guest is Bill. Bill has died and come back. Actually died twice and come back to tell one heck of a story of... Well, would you call it the afterlife? I don't know if Bill necessarily would. A strange land. Strange people. And, well, I don't want to spoil it. Bill's got quite a story to tell on his own, so we'll get to that in a minute. But thank you to our sponsor, Feral by Aaron, Etsy.com, E-R-Y-N. Rate, review, go check out the stuff on Etsy. If you hit the little heart icon button and click it, that helps a long way with our sponsor. It doesn't necessarily have to be a purchase, just reviewing it helps. So go do that, Feral by Aaron. Look at the new merchandise. Also, go check out the Manresa Castle. The 25th, we're doing a free show in Port Townsend at a haunted castle from 7 to 11. It's going to be epic, the 25th of October, the day before my birthday. We'll see you at Manresa Castle for our podcast live. All right, next up, Bill died twice. Bill, he died twice, and he came back with an incredible story of an impossible world, but a very real, more real than real world. So this is the story of a man who saw something that very few people have ever described that I know of, and I think it's important for him to relate his story to all you. So keep an open mind as Bill relates his story of this very alien-type world and his experiences with the people there and the environment. I give to you witness Bill. All right, Bill, you're on the phone with us. Thanks for uh, contacting me here at Strange Brow Radio. And, um, you know, you and I had a, a general conversation uh, back uh, about a month ago when we did our live event. And you had some pretty powerful words in passing. Uh, you mentioned that uh, you had actually died and uh, maybe even more than once. And that's pretty much all I heard in passing, and I didn't have time to follow up with it. But here we are now, and I'm gonna just going to sit back and tell me what you meant that you had died and uh, let you tell your story, Bill. Okay. Well, the story starts out uh, six years ago when I met my teacher wife. Um, I moved in with her, and we started um, – you know, just building a relationship. And the house was um, where she lived was over 100 years old. There was um, talk of it. It was Indian ground. Okay. Um, I have uh, lived my life uh, kind of feeling that I could, in the past, I could sense things. And I did so, but without just shapes and shadows and didn't think much about it. Just continue on with our relationship. So fast forward a year and a half later, um, I got really sick throughout the winter, um, contracted the flu several times. Um, and then I got through all that. And as the months 
uh, let let on, I got sicker and sicker till one day my coworker was like, man, you're sweating, you're red. You need to go to the hospital right now. It looked like he almost passed out on me. So when I proceeded to the hospital, to the ER, he immediately checked me in. Um, what Kent was found out was that I had a triplet heart for a long period of time. They tried to introduce the normal procedure of giving me chemicals to try to restart my defibrillation. That did not work. They then told me that the only way to not leave, the only way to get this done was to shock my heart, which they were going to have to lead me up to to get my blood pressure down and so forth. So I was, um, at this time, you know, smoking over a pack a day, person, which did not help. So I went ahead and checked in and uh, went through the procedure and um, I proceeded to get worse. I was having trouble breathing. I remember the nurse there and I felt, I asked for a fan, which usually helps me with my breathing. And then I fell over and the world went black. So um, from what I was told, I had not only passed away once, but twice throughout the night, they put me into a induced coma. And at the time, um, I had no consciousness about this at all. However, what happened was I awoke. And that's when it gets difficult to describe. The only thing I could think of was that I was in, my consciousness was in a different place. The place was purple in color. I don't perceive it as a dream or caused by medication because of the beings that I was seeing and interacting with had such a realistic um, audience about them, aura, that I felt as I went through this journey, in which I will describe as best as I can, I felt there were people attending me and moving me through, and there was observers. And the things that I saw and was motion through and the overall questions about they were very judgmental of me and it felt like I was under the microscope to say. And there were parts where just the overall I know coloring and visualization that I'm very good at remembering my dreams and in no way, shape or form was this a dream. I don't know how to make sense of it other than the fact that this absolutely happened. And so as I moved through these, there were several different stages and each one was unique in itself. I remember a train, a train unlike anything on this earth. And it was a living train to say the way it took its shape and form. Then I remember going into what appeared to be a movie theater with several beings above me and like balconies talking down to me. 
throughout this whole thing, I feel like I'm being restrained. I can't move. Um, I felt or one or two instances that my mom was there. Um, and I relate to that because my mom sat by my bedside day in and day out, talking to me, reaching out to me. So she may have had some type of way to get, to let me know she was there with me. And then the, the most intriguing part, as I was ending this experience, I remember being like in a house type maze and I had to navigate through it. Then I gained consciousness. My friends were there smiling, happy to see me back. Um, not wanting to tell me what happened. I acted like nothing had happened and talked about our football team. And they were like, has anybody talked to you? And I'm like, no. And they were very polite and cautious and um, left. But then my wife came in. We're talking and I'm trying not to describe to her too much in saying that I can't describe where I was, but I wasn't here. And at this point, I'm looking around me and I'm seeing a shimmer of things. Like I was still not all the way back because I could see the same things that I saw in that realm there with me, like, which kind of alerted me to the fact of, yeah, you were somewhere else and what the heck. And I don't believe that any amount of medication could have given me these types because I had in my past had done things and this is nothing like that. Nothing I had been under medication for that definitely had never, ever transpired. And this continued for about two days. I could still, I sit there at night in the hospital room and I could see things out of the corner moving around. And um, it was very unique and troubling at the same time. So as I proceeded in my recovery, the doctors couldn't come up with any reason. And they said, well, maybe because of this and because of that, but there was no, they were baffled by not only what, how this had transpired, you know, passing away twice, but my, um, tremendous recovery. People were like amazed. In fact, I was, you know, walk, you know, walking with a walker down the hallway a number of days later, just as I had been on death's door and I recovered with unique recovery. They, uh, were amazed and there was no rhyme or reason for it. And, uh, so that's pretty much my experience. Um, I can only connect it to something that my sons both had one, um, had open heart surgery twice in the same day and is in the book for best case scenarios for best results and had gone himself had passed and come back. So, you know, now you sit so many years later and pieces to a unanswerable puzzle are there. So pretty much 
that ends the chapter of the story. Is there any? Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing account. Uh, you have a lot of vivid detail. And um, as you were talking there, I uh, had you on mute because I was writing down a million questions here to ask you. Um, you mind if I ask you a few questions about your experience? No, Bill? not at all. Go, go ahead. Okay. Uh, the first thing I was struck by was these levels that you talked about and moving through these levels. Is there anything that you recall about what it felt like or what it looked like as far as these, these levels were concerned and what these entities look like in this, in this world that you're talking about? They were, the people were human, humanoid, but had more, what do I want to say, they looked different. They had facial features that were more drawn out. They just emanated, especially the, the ones that were asking me certain questions about me and making comments about me seemed more powerful i did have people attending me moving me throughout like i remember almost like a train station but nothing that we would ever imagine in our life it was like a world out of futurama i, I can only say disneyland gone uh, insane I, I i just i can't describe enough I, I remember these vivid vivid images to where like the reptilian train that and being led down by these attendants. And then my mom appearing there for a moment to give me reassurance and then dissipating and then I was moved on to like the movie theater, which was out of a gothic nightmare as far as I'm concerned because these beings that were above me were very judgmental, very harsh, dealing not negative, but just very judgmental and it's not ever any of these stories about light or something like that, that even comes close to what I saw, which is very disconcerting because the, my doctor asked me later on who couldn't give me an explanation of why this all happened. He asked me if I saw a light. He wanted to know. And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> there was no light there. And so that's what, my story differs from so many others that I had an actual lengthy experience. I don't know. I can't judge it through time, you know, because of the situation. So it's just very, um, it's caused me years of questioning exactly what and what I saw and where I was. If that makes sense to you. Well, yeah, you're picturing a very, a surreal, abstract version, uh, very different than from the traditional, you know, near-death experience with family waiting, you know, the, the long tunnel of light. Um, you did mention this train, though, and did I hear you say that the, this, this train had a living quality? I remember it as I was brought up to this platform. It was like a Ferris wheel circle that all of a sudden uncoiled and laid flat. And then there were windows and, and doors and the door opened and they pushed. And that was the first part of the journey. 
So, I mean, that's what I saw. What did you, I experienced. Did you go inside this? this I was train, pushed train? inside by an attendant. Okay. I was, you know, like a wheelchair restrained throughout this whole experience. I couldn't feel like I moved until the very end. I don't know how to describe it. I just felt restrained. And that's where I was on the real world. I was restrained down so I couldn't pull out cords or stuff that was attached to me, keeping me in the induced coma. So this is what's weird about how this all crosses over. And when I think of it is when I passed twice, part of me went somewhere else. I didn't come back for a while. It's how I felt. I felt like I was split. Like only part of me was there and part of me was not. Right. So, yeah, no, the, the imagery of a train is just so striking to, you know, put in perspective of what you're, what you're speaking about. Of course, you know, there's the old Johnny Cash song about the long black train and it, uh, you know, it's kind of a harbinger of, of sorts. But um, did you say that this train had a reptile quality? Did I mishear you when you said that? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Or dragon, reptile, I don't know. I've had my fair share of seeing movies, but it was nothing I'd ever seen before in any anything I've read throughout or saw in my entire life. I, I It was... It was. It wasn't terrifying. I was just in awe and amazed. You know, it's like that's what makes it different than any dream I've ever had. It never felt like a dream. It felt like I was there. It felt real. There was. Um, I felt I had feelings mm -hmm. going running through me of the restrainingness of uh, feeling in trouble, trapped. So that's what's different from my story with so many other experiences. And that's what makes it more terrifying. It was just a simplistic light. And I can agree with everybody else. I might be happier than what I experienced because I have no answers for it. And then where I carried it on days later and actually seen it, it just re cemented the fact that yes, that was a real experience and you're seeing it now. You know, it's like part of your, because I, maybe something in my brain uh, during this whole thing with the receptors and how we don't use parts of our brain because of what happened to me. Maybe they all came together and I could have perception better than human. I, I don't know. I don't, I've never seen it again. There was a one or day and a half, maybe the two nights. And then the next day I woke up, although I felt maybe, after I got out of the hospital, there was one night where I felt possibly something, but it wasn't as severe as what I felt in the hospital or during the time I was in that state. And, and Bill, how long were you actually clinically dead? And what, what parts of you uh, came back first? I'm not, uh, see, that's, it's probably, I don't, I think I was in a deuce coma for three days. I think I, they, I died and then they brought me back and then, they couldn't stabilize me. I passed again. I really have no, the doctors really never went over everything with me with that effect because they couldn't clearly explain the whole incident and how this happened. 
the guy told me, I've given 80-year-old women this drug, and it never killed them. So that's, they couldn't explain how I got sick or what. It just all led up to this event that transpired. So I, they didn't, weren't really clear on exact. I just know that the doctor was his first day on duty, and he met me and was in awe and shook my hand. And it was, I was pretty much felt like I was an amazing case. And they were just at awe with my recovery and everything that had happened. Where were you at um, spiritually before this happened to you? And where do you find yourself now? Well, I, uh, I believe in an afterlife. I believe, I don't like the term God. I, I, I think, I believe, I'm very spiritual. I believe that there's something after life. I'm very positive about that. Um, and now I definitely believe that there's more than one plane. There's, there's something else out there in between. And there are, you know, I don't deem that where I was purgatory. But it was something else, and I have a, I, I feel a, a little bit increased empathy. I can have a little bit more sense of what people are feeling around me. I feel like a door was left partially open, and I feel um, very respectful and believing that uh, I have a very vast more open mind than before this experience. Okay, you said something there about uh, a door partially open. That's That sounds like um, a really interesting way to put it, that you may have ongoing experiences. What do you mean by uh, a door partly open? Well, it's like the story of Pandora's box. Once somebody experiences something of that magnitude with that much memory of it, then you be, I feel that I'm more hypersensitive to certain things, emotions, um, possibly feeling things like spiritual, um, as far as possible entities. Like I can sense certain things, like something has a bad feel to it. I, I, it's very difficult to go over any, everything. It's just that I feel that I've come out of this with something more. Like I was given a gift of not only life, but a better perception of what's around me. Okay. Know, I, I, I don't take it for granted where I'm at right now. Okay. This, this heightened sense of awareness, has it given you abilities or are your dreams uh more vivid do they seem to have you know um i guess meaning to them that is uh seen at a later time what 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 is specifically uh can you describe well what i describe is that i like if somebody's i just have a sense of people's feelings more tuned now. I can read somebody even though they're not really showing it right away. There's an instance where somebody's real upset because their stepson had 
passed away and hadn't shared that with me. But yet I walked up to him and he made one comment. I could feel something horrible, horrific, wrong. I go, you know, what, what's wrong with you? And, um, you know, he, he told me what had happened. And I, so there are certain things that if something's very volatile emotion, I get more of a feeling from now than I did before this. Um, as far as dreams go, not so much. I may have this occasional, uh, like where I feel something's around that it's, you know, ghost-like thing uh, that happens where I, I feel some experience. I knew not major, not anything like what I experienced when I was um, Also, possibly seeing more, I don't know, shadows than before, possibly. I, it's very hard to describe because it's, it's like something more is there. And I, I can feel it, and I just work through it. I try to. I, I'm very uh, cautious. I don't. Uh, I believe in staging, cleansing. Um, I just feel that something more than before is because of where where I went. Now that I'm back, I may be possible beacon, and I don't want to be. I don't want to because I can not truly, I don't have the ability to help anybody, but because the way I was between life and death, I feel I may attract. So I had to be a little more cautious and protective. Now, this, the world you're describing, um, you know, it sounds, it doesn't exactly sound totally pleasant by the things that you described, especially with the judgmental part. There seems to be this I don't know, this uh, separation between what other long-term, not long-term witnesses, but people that have experienced uh, near-death experiences, um, this judgmental part there, there, of course, in Christian faith, they talk about, you know, there being a judgment of sorts, but this sounds totally different than that. This almost sounds like you went to a party that, uh, you know, you weren't invited to, or you were underdressed for what, what, what do you think that was? About? I, 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 I totally agree with that. I, I, I felt like how, like they were, um, bemused by me being there. They treated me like how in the heck did you penetrate this realm is all I can say. I mean, and I don't really like saying that. That sounds insane. But at the same time, everything I felt was so beyond not a dream. It felt over real. Like my ability to perceive all this, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't be there. And I guess they went through this process of you know, answering questions. I don't even remember the questions. It's like I felt like my whole being was under the microscope. Wait, Bill, did you and did you have a chance to communicate with anybody? Yes. Okay. Well, well describe I, describe some of the questions you had and what kind of answers you got. Um, I kept saying, "I just want to be free. Let me go. Why am I here?" 
what's going on, and they each one was responded with a question of their own to get the answer that they never wanted. And I don't remember that part of it. It was like that part when I woke up was gone. I can remember certain things, but I remember it was a question of who I was and how did I get there in a sense? Because I can't go into the details of it. I just remember the different parts of it. You know, I remember a movie theater. I remember the train. I remember the house, the maid, where I was freed and I had to figure out my, navigate my way out of it from door to door. And this was like an endless house of doors. And yet in the end, when I got to the last door and my mom was there smiling, I woke up and there are my two coworkers, friends staring at me. So it was intriguing on how it all comes together. I don't, I wish I could answer you the questions they asked. I asked myself that. What, you know, I, I, this is years of me processing this. I wouldn't even talk about it for a long time. I would only call it the Purple Realm, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hard Club Band Acid Trip because I had no, <laughs> right. I had no, I had no answer. And I thought if I really got into it, other than my wife and two of my friends I shared this with today because I told them I was coming on the show and I could finally felt that I had a forum to share, maybe help somebody else come forward and think they're not crazy that that really did happen because it happened. And especially with my case where they couldn't even tell me how I got that sick or how I got so better so quickly. There's no medical answer for what happened to me. They had theories. They had no conclusion. And for me to be back to work, I don't know, I think I, after the whole experience, three months later, I was back to work, building back up like nothing had ever happened before. It's just a really, you wind up at the end of the story with only questions and very little answers to keep to the puzzle. As far as time's concerned, is there any way you can judge the time that you were gone compared to the time that you were dead? Was it shorter, longer, the same? Do you, do you have any perspective I think I, 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 feel, I feel that between both is what triggered it and the time I was there, longer. I feel that somehow whatever happened to me dying twice opened a door inside me to and transcended beyond normal experience, beyond our body. We're all talking about energy and souls and all that. I felt like my soul was there, my body was here. And that's the only way I could describe it. So, uh, you know... Uh, you're still processing. That's how I felt. I mean, you're still... You're still in the processing phase. How many years are we talking? When when was the actual date of this, Bill? I cannot give you the stuff. Four years ago. I know it was about four years ago. It happened. It's oh, almost that, a month. That's like uh, a drop in the bucket. That's not long at all. No, 
it is for me because I'm a very A-type person. I control my universe with the iron hand trying to manage and do better in my life. And uh, for me not to be able to accept, to not have a conclusion to it, because there really is no conclusion. I'm going to have to live with the fact that I experienced what you might. I may be that one in a billion shot of having an experience to where I cross what they talk about on all the shows that, you know, we only access so much of our brains and how when these experiences of this happens, it could have ignited something when they're shocking me, right? Back to life. They charge something else inside me and pretty much separate me from my body. Or was it that I was separated and the energy wherever I went pulled me there I went to a place that I wasn't supposed to be or no one is supposed to be until their time. I thought there was a pull, a battle, a tug of war, a war of wills between me and whatever was holding me. Now, some people speak about the worlds that they go to being more real than the world that we live in. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely, because the vividness the how you perceive something, I will 100% agree with them because I felt that it was a world that I never imagined before. That's what separates from dreams. Dreams, this what I experienced had a thousand times that power. Like I was fully sensory, every part of me could feel everything around me, and and I felt part of that. And that's why I think these people, these beings, and I'm not going to call them human. They were something else. I don't, that's what, it scared me to talk about this forever. 24 years is forever. But what I'm saying is, I, you know, um, felt that there was something more. And I don't want to say angels, they weren't evil. They were more uh, at law with the universe, more lawful. Not, I didn't feel evil or good from them. I was just felt judged and talked to by them. They wanted to know who I was. If that makes sense. I, uh, that's the feeling I got. Right, right. Did you at any time? Did you feel like you met the the main chief, the, the person in charge of, of this purple world, did you either, either see them I or get a sense of an individual that was leading? It was two. This? Okay. It was two. And it was in the movie theater and where they, there was one in the main balcony and one from the balcony like in an opera. <laughs> Which, and it's more, when I, I shouldn't say movie theater, it was more like a theater. In other words, it was more, uh, I was down being pushed by somebody because I was in that wheelchair strength. They pushed me to like, I don't know, um, an area below them and not the stage, but an area below them, below them. And they talked to me. And I, like I said, at that point is when I felt the real, that's where I felt the judgment. So the conversation that they had with me that I can never remember much as I try, I can never, I just have the feeling somehow 
I was being judged. I mean, I don't think any kind of would, like you said, would drive you differently. Like you had said, it was no drug induced coma that caused this, what I experienced because of the perception I felt as others from this plane. Okay, so you you have deep uh, memories that you can't access. Uh, have you sought out, uh, you know, during these forty eight months, or at least toyed with the idea of retrieving these these deep memories somehow? No, um, I guess truthfully, in talking to you about it, it's a form of closure. I don't want to know the question. Because I I want to feel that I got the answer that I'm here now talking to you. I just feel that what I experienced, very few will ever, and I have learned to enjoy life with a lot more vigor. Consider the glass half full at all times, and have totally changed the way I live because of. Because I, I feel like my life is in a more positive light, no matter how many little steps and hiccups I have, I just feel more alive than I've felt in a long time, if that makes sense to me. Right. What's, what specifically changed about you after this experience? I'm very, I'm very much more positive. I look to be more positive than negative. I look to not be so A-type to control trips and outing to where everything has to go perfect because nothing ever will. And to just enjoy every experience and enjoy life because we don't know truly how long we have left. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, so this, uh, as maybe slightly ominous as it is to be restrained and judged by a giant lizard train, <laughs> there is a, there is a positive to this uh, as well here. And it sounds like you've taken, taken that away. Is there, is there any point of you at all that um, has a longing to go back uh, and, and, no. underst and understand what's going on? Was there any depression afterwards from leaving that world? I can say truthfully, no. I feel that I was privileged and saved, I think. And the energy spirits that were there deemed me worthy to go back and to re-enter my life and live a lot more wiser and um, more appreciative and not be such a materialistic, in a sense, wanting to do the rat race and think that, you know, um, only care about certain, certain things in your professional career and not and put stuff off and realize that, it, you know, procrastinating only leads to regret. So if anything, what this place did for me was recenter me and increase my overall belief of other places 
things, creatures. And like I went to your show and heard those sounds, and there's so much out there that you just can't say anymore, no, that's not true. You know, how do you know? There's just so much more evidence. So many other things are allowing themselves to be seen and shown to us like we're entering a time of enlightenment to where we might get answers to the questions we've had. You know, and I think that's what this place did for me. It showed me there's, uh, we're not, we're definitely not the only ones in the universe. I was someplace else, and they were real. And were a lot more advanced and a lot more energy to them than we might ever have. Now, were most of the conversations you had telepathic, or were they verbal exchanges? Verbal. Okay. And there was That's there what was, you, was there an they were speaking or, to me. oh go ahead sorry I'm sorry no they were they were speaking to me uh, in, in 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 English so, okay uh, and they ranged they, in different size uh, different ages and there was equal parts men and women there wasn't uh, you could, yes there were equal that. parts men and women but there were some that were like attendants and there were others that distinguished a tremendous amount of power about them, a presence. Mm-hmm. Like the ones in the theater, there was one in the beginning, like, <laughs> I almost want to say like the driver of this train, but he came up and, and ushered me in and told me where to take me and off we went to McDonald's and a movie theater and then I've got these two other individuals above me and I remember at least one of them being a woman. I can't quite visualize. I know the one that was in the balcony was a woman. I can't, I almost want to say the other one was a female as well. That was in the center. Uh, But I do remember them as very menacing looking, but not really distinguishing that as far as uh, how they communicated with it. But they looked, that's what I talk about is that our perception was a lot more enhanced in this place. So their outline was almost like a black marker. I mean, they were just emanating a strong form that I could actually perceive. And that's what made it that much more menacing to me. And I didn't feel threatened. I felt challenged the entire time. Well, I've, I've never heard of uh, an experience like yours. I don't think a lot of people listening to this uh, will have heard an experience like yours. And, and I don't think, would it be fair to say you don't recall ever hearing an experience from other people that have had a, a near-death experience like yours? I've heard of white light. Right. And actually, that, that's funny. That's the first thing my doctor, my doctor, right. Light. And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I, I, like I said, you know, my, my coworkers kind of say, ah, I was medication. I'm like, okay. So why did I see it after I woke up? And why did I still feel a presence? I didn't tell them about what happened a couple of weeks later when I was in the living room. All of a sudden I woke up, couldn't sleep, went out there, 
And it's like there was something there. Maybe to even reassure me, okay, you're not on heavy medication now. What you saw was real and then never again. So apparently whatever I saw, whoever I came in contact with was still watching me. And maybe right now, but I've never seen it since. But then again, maybe the door closed. My perception of them at that point, once it let me know that what you saw was real, it took that with it when it left. So I can never see them again because maybe we're not supposed to be able to. I, I have no other explanation. There's no same uh, forum we can talk about this other than what I experienced. Right. Well, I guess before we uh, close, what uh, what message do you have to people that? that fear death, have questions about there being life after death. Do you have any message at all? I do. I want them to remember to keep an open mind. I want them to not be afraid that shows like yours exist to talk to somebody about it so they can feel a sense of closure. That for what I described and came out on record and saying what happened to me, there may be a few will know who I really am, but they need to feel comfortable in themselves to share because from what I experienced and it took me four years to share it with you, I don't want somebody going through that lengthy period of time doubting what they saw, share what they saw, let it go, feel a sense of personal closure that you were finally, uh, I want to say, strong enough to talk about it and not think that you're crazy because stuff like this does happen. I mean, it's, you know, if they medically can't tell me how and why this happened. And then what after that, what happened, then do your own self seeking and help yourselves and talk to people, talk to people in forums like this that can help you because you shouldn't have to feel like you're alone. No, definitely not. Yeah, no, that's, that's nice of you to say that. And I hope that, you know, this show and other shows provide an outlet for people that want answers. Well, yeah, because you're not thinking, you're not standing on your pedestal saying how crazy that sounds. You're asking questions to get more in depth of the interview for people to hear and hear my description of things. So maybe that'll trigger somebody else to come out and say, hey, wait, no, I, I so I was here. Because who am I to claim that I'm the only one that saw this plane? Or are there other planes that people, that would, what happens to me, go to? And they just don't see their... I'm not jealous I didn't see the light. I saw something far more intriguing, terrifying in a way, as I can describe it. It terrifies me to uh, have been there because, I, like I said, I can say I felt like I shouldn't be there. I felt like I had access to something that we're maybe not supposed to until we pass on to the next form, you know, when we die. I don't know. I felt I was in something in between. You know, because usually when you're judged, you go to purgatory, hell or heaven. I was somewhere far different and experienced stuff vastly different than anyone else. 
it continued after I came back. You know, the day and a half, two nights in the hospital, and then when I was home, two weeks later, two and a half weeks later, to where I was having, where I, like I said, it was like an, an energy feeling, like something was bothering me or wrong, and I got up and went out, went to the living room, and then I had that experience, like that was their answer, their closure to this happen. So that's why I'm sharing with this now, because I feel that other people, if they have anything like this, should come out and say, I feel a lot better to hear somebody else have this. To be honest with you. Yeah, no, I really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, setting aside some time to talk to me about it. It's it's really important. It's it's much more important than just uh, you know you and I uh, uploading interesting content. It's it goes way deeper than that. It's uh, it's just a a chain yeah. a, a chain of truth that opens up and people you know get get interested in at least having these private discussions and. Maybe just maybe they well, you, can have them publicly to help other people. Well, and I, and I think that, I guess, overall is my goal. For somebody else out there tonight, turns on your show, here's that. That happened to them. They've been hiding that for years. And finally get closure. Oh, my God, that kind of happened to me. And then they find a way to reach you to, you know, have a second record. Maybe they'll receive something a little bit different. Maybe have a little more awareness. I don't know. I would just like to think I was not the only one to have this experience. I would like to, for my own peace of mind, to let you know someone else had this happen to them, and that would make me feel a whole lot better. I mean, that's probably the only thing that'll make me feel. I have closure with talking to you tonight, mm-hmm. but actually hearing somebody else said, "You know what, Bill, that." happened to me here's my story you know because other than that right now i'm talking about a very in-depth experience that i don't have a leg on standing for evidence to point out but i can just tell my story and hope they reach to somebody else so they can tell their story no yeah so much of this is tailor-made for the individual as far as the way the paranormal seems to interact with us but it's it's very real and uh, it it changes people, and it sounds like you were changed afterwards. Now, somebody back at her, did I come in contact with a spirit of a shaman that, you know, cursed me or did something to me to cause me to get ill? Because no one can really tell me exactly how this transpired or how it came to pass and then put me on a path to observation I, I don't know but I can't say that's not possible anymore I can't say that there's black and white there's something definitely in between because I saw it and there are spirits out there I felt them and is that possibly what people are seeing is spirits crossing over coming through showing themselves only certain times and places you know from now from this point forward I had opened mine before I have an open book now that's the way I look at life. I mean, right. you're, you're not going to tell me it's not possible anymore after what I went. Well, there you have it, folks. 
if uh, if you have a similar experience to to Bill at all, just reach out to me, of course, uh, at strangebrowradio at gmail.com, and I'll forward your email off to Bill so he can uh, see how similar uh, these experiences can get. Bill, I want to thank you for, uh, again, uh, telling your story and setting aside some time to help other people, and uh, I really appreciate it, man. All right, you take care. You have a great night. All right, that was Bill. I told you, unlike anything you'd ever heard before, very alien, very surreal, very Salvador Dali. I don't know. That's There's so much to that story. Write me an email and tell me what you thought of that interview. Incredible encounter. Uh, thank you, Bill, for your courage of speaking about something uh, ex- extremely uh, extraordinary. Okay. If you want to be a part of something extraordinary, now is your chance to do it. Oh, and you can go to YouTube and catch some of these old archive videos. That's also extraordinary. Archive podcasts now. People want to watch their podcasts. So I think we're up to, geez, episode 15 or 16 or something like that. We're getting up there. They, they take a while to upload because it's a video and uh, it takes a while. Also, you can see us live. Our first live event in Washington State going to be at Manresa Castle. That's going to be on the 25th of October. That's your chance. Go to Manresa Castle and Google. Type it in. M-A-N-R-E-S-A Castle. And uh, August 25th, Manresa Castle in Port Townsend, 7 to 11. Free show. But if you want to book a room, we're going to stay the night there till the 26th. Because there's a big Halloween party. So... Type this in, thecastlenpt.com. Thecastlenpt.com is in Port Townsend. Thecastlenpt.com. Also, in the town of Kingston, Washington, at the Point Casino, there stands a Bigfoot in the lobby, one that I made. Biggie, we call him, eight and some odd inches tall, sitting in the lobby at the Point Casino Hotel. And then October 11th and 12th, Biggie will be at the Sasquatch Symposium. Yeah, that's going to be also in the town of Kingston there at the casino. Check out the second annual Sasquatch Symposium. Ron Moorhead will be there. Some other guests of note, including myself and Biggie. And um, I'll be talking to you more about some events that we're having. We'll we'll get those posted uh, and ready at the table there. All right, folks. I appreciate you tuning in every week. And remember, uh, without you guys, there's really no show. So it's all about you going on to the websites. Go on to Facebook and go on to Podbean and iTunes. Subscribe, share the show, go on YouTube, blah, blah, blah. It's, uh, it's awesome. We're, we're growing by numbers and we're, we've got some stuff planned for 2020. Cool stuff. All right. That's it. I'm out of here. I've got a night job I gotta go to. Womp womp. And it has nothing to do with going into the trees. I just left the trees. But I have to say it, don't I? Alright. I'll see you in the trees.